from Relay Families is Connected, episode 480. Wow, that's a lot of episodes. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our sponsors, Squarespace, ZocDoc, and NetSuite. I'm one of your hosts, Federico Viticci, and it's my pleasure to introduce, as always, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Federico. How are you? Hi. Hello. How are you? I am good, and I am uh, I'm very pleased to introduce our friend, uh, Mr. John Voorhees. Hey guys, how you doing? It's uh, it's good to be here, and you know I'd been hoping that I'd get a little a little pre-holiday season time to do a little reconnaissance for the Triple J on what? Connected. I don't, so. I don't know what that. Those words don't mean mm, anything to me. No, no, that was not the purpose of this invitation. No, no, wh- wh- what? <laughs> John's just spouting seem- nonsense. No, I'm here. I'm I'm here to report back to my my fellow Jays. To your fellow Jays. Wow. Um, Okay, so we just invited a spy to do a show with us. Mm. Excellent. But he's here on our terms, so we're playing him, is what I'm saying. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Congratulations, John. You just played yourself. Um, (laughs) I do that that a lot, it turns out. Federico can attest to that, I think. (laughs) I see an interesting item in in follow-up, Stephen. Yes, uh, Mike is gone, mm. and uh, as tradition, we we like to let our, our fellow co-hosts know they were missed. And this came from uh, BG in the members' Discord. BG recommended, uh, with Mike gone, we should send him photos of us wearing tiny head shirts. Yes. Amen. Go do it. Yes, do it. <laughs> yeah, do it. I got to go dig mine out. I've got it somewhere. And, and pay attention. Photos of us wearing... Or tiny head shirt. It's not like you can just open your drawer, take a picture of the shirt, and send it to Mike. You gotta wear no, it. No, that's not sa- that's not satisfactory. You gotta really go all in on this. You gotta wear thing. it. Now, can you get creative with the picture? Be my guest. You know, yeah. <laughs> Do whatever you want, as long as it's a, a good picture. Send it to Mike on You always Mastodon. like to make it a little weird, don't you, Federico? You always to give people no, no, ideas of doing it. I just need to clarify. No, you it know? got weird uh, last just... week. It got real weird last week because y'all sent people my way with the only direction of send him something foot related. Yeah. I mean, and that was not my fault. I, I, not my fault. <laughs> I got gifts. I got a, someone emailed me a link to like the podiatrist, podiatrist board of America or something. It's like it mm, went, okay. it went on and on. Um, but I am back. So I did have surgery on my foot two weeks ago today, uh, but recovery is going great. And I'm happy to be back with the two of you. So, mm. and I have a little bowl of the screws that used to be in my foot. They got put in in 2020. Then they had to come out. The bones all healed. So everything's good. And I got to keep my surgical hardware, which is a strange thing to own, but I kind of love that I have it. What are you going to, are you going to make something with it? You're going to build something in your office? Yeah. Why don't you use them? You gotta mm-hmm. use them. Maybe they show up in the podcastathon next year. You know, you never know. Oh wow! Wow! You, you Interesting. Never know. Maybe it's Interesting. like a, uh, you know, you're you're looking through a bucket of something. You got to find the foot screw. Who knows? Who knows what we'll come up with? I made a purchase based on last week's show. Uh, okay. I picked up the Mophie three-in-one travel charger that y'all have been talking about. Yeah, yeah. I checked it out. It looks really cool. It's awesome. So it's pricey but it comes in this little carrying case and it folds over on itself it comes with the USB-C cable and charger which is nice it's just one cable you get a spot a spot for your airpods case you get a spot for your phone and a spot for your apple watch it all fo- folds over um and the little carrying 
case it comes in, the zipper is closed, and there's room for the charger and the uh, the three-in-one kind of fold-out thing and the cable. But there's also a little extra room in there. And so uh, you could like put your AirPods case or, you know, maybe you have another random cable you need to put or, in there. Yeah. Or your foot screws. You could put your foot screws you in there. You could put Steven. your foot <laughs> screws in there, whatever you may need. Uh, it's pretty great. And yeah, I mean, it was a little, you know, I think it's like 150 bucks or something. But if you're looking for a nice travel charger, uh, you know, something that this folds down to be really compact. And I just have it basically in the bottom of my backpack now. And that's where it's going to live. And um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, pleased with it. I think I think if you're looking for something like this, this is a really good, uh, a really good option. Does it connect with a USB-C cable that you could connect to a battery? Because uh, honestly, I don't buy things that don't connect to batteries anymore. Yeah, it's just a regular like USB-C right. on each end. So into a into a USB-C into a brick then. Yes. All right. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, you could you could have it plugged into a battery. I'm sure it would be it'd be fine. I think the charger is 60 watts. So you you need a battery to be able to push some power, but I think a big battery pack would be totally fine for that. Anything that did USB C power delivery definitely could do it. Yeah, this looks like a really uh, looks like a really good product. I mean, I it was a little bigger than I expected just looking at the pictures because they show it in someone's hand. But given that it charges three things, I guess it it has to be it has to have be you know it has to be able to spread out. So that's it's nice. Yeah, uh, what I like about it is that it does fold down. So yeah, it, it's a little big, like when you have it like on your, you know, your hotel nightstand or whatever. I guess I've only used it at home, haven't gone anywhere. But it folding down the way that it does, it really doesn't take up much space in your bag. You know, some of these that don't fold down as nicely, uh, or if you did like what I've always done, which is like a multi USB C charger and a bunch of cables Velcro together. This is way nicer because you can just pick it up and know you have everything. There's not loose cables running, you know, running around your bag. It's uh, I've been very happy with it. Maybe if I eventually travel with it, I got some travel coming up in January. Maybe I can report back. Speaking of USB-C, are y'all ready for this? Mm -hmm. As of like an hour ago, Apple is now selling the USB-C AirPods Pro case. That's breaking news right there. Yeah, right there. It is It is breaking news. This was something that we were hoping for when they moved to USB-C. They didn't have this at launch and i think some people upgraded to USB-C new airpods just for the the charger i'm going to order one of these as soon as we're done with the show because i would like to be all USB-C. it's a hundred bucks i don't remember how much the wireless charging case was the first time they did this i think it was less than a hundred i think it was less i think it was more like 80 or something like that if i remember AirPods right pro wireless case let's see 79 dollars for the old one so it is a little bit more, but if if you want to go all USB-C and that's worth $100 to you, then uh, you now have an option. It's definitely cheaper than upgrading AirPods, that's for sure. We heard back from listener Jason. Federico, do you want to read this? Okay. So listener Jason, you may, you may remember this whole saga that we've been following for the past few weeks. Jason, as you recall, had to fetch an AirPod from a pool using a, um, a, a, a net right and last episode we were wondering if jason uh was also had to sort of go into the pool to scoop out the airpod 
And Jason wrote back saying, no, I did not get into the pool. Pool nets for cleaning leaves usually have a long pole on the end, maybe eight, nine feet, I'm not sure, which allows you to get items out of the deep end and from the surface of the middle of the pool. I had that with me, which allowed me to scoop it out without getting in the pool. But as I wrote, it was hard to see and hard to get the AirPod to go into the net. So uh, Jason had all the equipment he needed, but it took Jason a while to scoop out the AirPod because of the leaves, because of the water, because, you know, he was using this net. And I guess it's hard to control when you're trying to scoop out a very small AirPod from a body of water. Uh, so thank you, Jason. This story is now concluded. Um, I don't know why we are still talking about this. I guess it's because we've been asking the questions over and over every single week. And I'm, I'm very happy to announce that I am now out of questions for Jason. Uh, I'm done. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason, for following up. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're eight or nine feet away. And you know, like water does that thing where like it kind of messes with your vision, right? Like it's kind of hard to tell true because like the light refracts in the water i guess or whatever i don't remember mm. physical science in eighth grade very well so i could see this being difficult and i think last time jason said that there were like leaves in the pool so you're kind of trying to find it so i could see how this would take a few minutes i, I believe him i think this is what what happened so thank you jason yeah. thank you jason. i think this has been a good lesson for listeners that you know you never know when you write in to connected when you might end up writing a dissertation about retrieving things from a pool it's true <laughs> And also, if you have a pool and you got to clean it, clean it every once in a while, make sure you get these pool nets that have a long pole at the end that are eight or nine feet long. And Jason is not sure. So get one of these, you know? Get one of those and jam your AirPods into your ears really well. Mm -hmm. We also have some very important anonymous feedback. Uh, an anonymous listener wrote in asking, what's with the humming? During the grading of the Rickies, did I miss something? Uh, as as the as the producer of this program, Stephen, can you please explain? Yes. So we use Zoom to have our calls, and Zoom by default does some noise cancellation, and you can turn that off. But I actually find it to be kind of a useful thing. I just also forget to turn it off. But uh, the problem was when I would ring the bell when someone scores a rookie point that uh, sometimes that would get canceled out by zoom. Uh. And so if we hum like this, <laughs> then zoom, the noise cancellation won't cut the bell. So y'all can hear me awarding the point. We started doing that one time and now it's just yeah. a thing that we do. Uh, probably even when we do a live show next time with rookies, we'll probably hum while we yeah. score. Yeah, and, and the fact that we harmonize when we do it, it's just a, uh, because we got to act stupid w when we do things. It's not really necessary to harmonize, but we do it regardless. It makes it nicer. It makes it nicer instead of just being, hmm, you know, that's boring. Uh, listener Leo did the thing. So we got another photo of uh, a listener. Yes. At Frederico's Christmas Trees in Utah. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Leo, for taking the time to go to Federico's Christmas tree, trees. And I gotta say, uh, Leo noted, I'm happy to say that the Connected Pilgrimage site is conveniently located in my home state with trees of all sizes and a knowledgeable, friendly staff. I plan <laughs> to visit Federico's, Federico's for all my future Christmas tree needs. Now, this is not a paid endorsement, uh, I guess. Um, I, I didn't know, take Leo, any money. 
<laughs> I, we didn't take any money. I don't know if Leo took any money from Federico's Christmas trees. Uh, but hey, that's that's a that's a pretty solid recommendation. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you, Leo, for being the second person this year yeah. to take the time uh, to do the connected pilgrimage. That's great. Uh, I, yeah. I need to put one particular listener on blast now. So our yes. friend Quinn Nelson, yes. Snazzy Labs. Yes. On Mastodon, mm-hmm. had a... Promised. Uh, promised. Yeah, promised. Something. Uh, I'm going to go. Right? Uh, Quinn lives in Utah. He had like a map up. I think it was like a 40-minute drive or something. He's like, should I do it? We haven't heard from Quinn that he did it. And yeah. um, I'm just saying, yeah. Christmas is what's pretty up soon. With that? What's up with that? What's up with, what's up with that? It's, it's all fancy with his electric car and everything. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, but he publishes like one video a month. He's got plenty of free yeah. time. Come on, he does. Yeah, get I all mean, get up in his comments on over you know on YouTube. What? You come don't on. you don't have cameras, Quinn, to to record the send us evidence. I mean, come on. Yeah, um, it's disappointing. Yeah. So we are we are very disappointed, very disappointed. Uh, yeah. But thank you, Leo. Thank you, Leo. Yeah. Um, I'll subscribe to your YouTube instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steven, you published an iPhone review. I did in December. Mm. Uh, yes. <laughs> this started as a, oh, I'm not going to have time to write this in September because St. Jude and, and you know, the, the fundraiser and everything. Yeah. But I, I kind of gotten into this habit now. I've done this a few times reviewing a phone or, or something else like months after it comes out. And I think that's actually, for me at least, better um, I think I need some time to think about things. Um, so I, I worked on this over the course of a week or so. I got it published last week uh, looking at my iPhone 15 Pro Max. And you know what? It's a pretty dang good phone. And I sort of hinged this review on this idea of, okay, some iPhones are like in the Hall of Fame, like the iPhone 4, right? Beautiful design, retina display, hmm. uh, the iPhone 10, right? Totally changed how we use the iPhone, brought OLED, brought Face ID. Where does this phone fit into that? Is it like one of those? Or is it a phone like the uh, iPhone, you know, 7 or the iPhone 8? Something that's sort of, it was a good phone, but not necessarily one that we're going to remember, you know, as a highlight uh, over the years. They can't all be home runs. And uh, and I think this one is closer to the Hall of Fame. Um, it's got USB-C. The new materials are really nice. The camera, like the 5X zoom, really is next level. It really lets you do things yeah. you couldn't do before with an iPhone. And uh, so that was sort of my, uh, my through line on this review. And uh, if you haven't read it, it's in the show notes. I would love for you to go check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a very, very good story. I, I appreciated how you, so I, I liked the perspective of like, Hey, let's check in after a few months. Here's a few things that I can confirm have been very nice, like uh, USB-C or when you mentioned like your use of the dynamic island, it's, it's a different type of review than, you know, what you may see under embargo in September. And I think there's enough room for both style of reviews. Definitely. Like it's useful to have a review under embargo that tells you the details right away. And it's useful to have this sort of like follow-up story a few months later. So well done. Thank you for taking the time to publish this, Stephen. Thanks. And I was very pleased with my headline. I, I, I know you guys are the same way. Sometimes like when you're working on something, the headline comes first mm, and yes. greatness yep. thicker than titanium was <laughs> like, that's it. Like, you know, mm. uh, 
Uh, so yeah, that review is up. Big news. This is your final call for Relay FM's annual membership sale. If you go to giverelay.com, you can get 20% off any annual plan to a bunch of our shows. I would recommend Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. And the way that we do it here on Connected, we do sort of a pro topic at the beginning of the show before the music. This week we talked about uh, The Verge's coverage of Twitter and The, the Rock being in a Siri ad and sort of the, the our biggest moments on Twitter over the years. Uh, kind of a nice way, I think, to sort of close that chapter in our lives. Like, I really feel here at the end of 2023, like, I'm okay with Twitter being gone, uh, for me at least. Oh, yeah, definitely. You get no ads, which is cool. And then we pick titles at the end of the episode. And all that's great, but you also get access to Crossover, which is a podcast feed for all Relay FM members. Mike and I do a show in that feed each month called Backstage. And then once a month, Kathy Campbell, our community manager, will interview somebody on the network uh, with questions harvested from the Discord, which is another perk of Relay FM membership. So lots of really cool stuff. And with this discount, it's 40 bucks a year. So uh, give relay.com. You have until December 15th uh, to take advantage of this. So uh, this is your, your final warning. Go, uh, go forth and join is what I say. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, products, services, and even the content you create. Squarespace has everything you need all in one place. Say that you were to open a Christmas tree lot and you were going to be uh, selling Christmas trees during the holiday. Think about the things you may need. Well, obviously, you want a design that works really well on desktop, but also mobile, right? Because people may be looking up information about you on the way. So you want like a nice looking map and easy uh, accessible phone number and you want all that to look really good. Well, with the Fluid Engine, Squarespace's next generation website design system, you can build an amazing website that looks great on any device. You can customize every detail. They have this really cool drag and drop technology to move things around. But then say you want to send out email campaigns. You know, you're just selling Christmas trees right now, but maybe you're going to do something in the spring and you want to be able to get in touch with your customers. Well, with Squarespace email campaigns, all your design work goes out in those emails and all the built-in analytics that you can use to see how your website is doing. They also are tied in to the email campaigns. And those analytics are really easy to use. It's easy to understand where people are coming from, what pages are doing well. I love building on Squarespace because all this stuff and so much more is just built in. You're not kind of bandaging a bunch of things together and hoping it all works. Squarespace has everything you need in one place. To start your free trial, go to squarespace.com connected. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com connected and use the code connected. That's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name. Once again, that code is connected and the URL squarespace.com slash connected for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of the show and Relay FM. We have some real-time follow-up, Stephen. Okay. I just opened Mastodon. Quinn Nelson posting at us, to me, mm. you, and John, saying, I will not tolerate this slander. How do we know this is really him? I mean, see, see, clearly, clearly Queen is, you I, know? There's no beard on this man in the picture. I think he's a, I think he's an impersonator, like Federico. The There's a little bit of a beard. 
also some other uh, you know on the top while we're on the topic of Mastodon um uh, as of a few minutes ago, uh, Mark Zuckerberg tweeted, well, I guess posted, I st I'm still saying tweeted, I'm sorry, posted, um, starting a test where posts from Threads accounts will be available on Mastodon and other services that use the ActivityPub protocol. Making Threads interoperable will give people more choice over how they interact and help content reach more people. I'm pretty optimistic about this. They're doing it. They're doing the thing. Uh, they are nice. uh, f federating uh, the threads. And I will also get threads tomorrow, guys. Yes. Uh, I wonder if it will become available for me at midnight in Europe. Let's see. If I open Instagram and type ticket in the search box, uh, I should get the fancy uh, teaser page. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I'll get it at... Uh, no, no. No, probably midnight Pacific U.S. time, I bet. I'm getting it in 16 hours, it says. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's not at my local midnight. I, I do have questions. Like, once they federate threads, like, those of us who have been on both, we're going to, are we going to have to, like, pick a account that's going to be the main one? Right? So I have... Yeah, it's going to be... Mm -hmm. I have ISMH at eWorld.social on Macedon, and I have ISMH86 at threads. And I honestly would want one account, so like one timeline to read, but how do I, like, that's just going to be a question. Like, do you basically abandon one of them and just hope the stuff all shows up where it's supposed to? Like, <sighs> I don't think I understand how that's going to work. I think I'm going to be split forever at this point. I think it's very different yeah. groups of people. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of used to tech mastodon versus... I don't know, everything else threads. And I think that unfortunately with two accounts that may just kind of have to remain that I, way. I guess, I guess if you don't want to use threads, but you still want to follow uh, and sort of keep up with what right. people you think are interesting are saying on threads, it's nice because now it's effectively like RSS. You can subscribe to those people while continuing to use Mastodon, right? So you, you can use Mastodon and follow people from threads. But in our case, I think all the three of us, we all want to use both services, right? We, wanna, we want to have, and I think I'm just going to keep them separate. I'm going to have my Mastodon audience and I'm going to have my threads yeah, audience. I think and, I will uh, too. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the way to go. Really, I just want to use Ivory for all of it, right? I mean, and, and Zach yeah. points out in the Discord that the, and I agree, the algorithm in threads is actually pretty good. And it has surfaced a lot of interesting stuff for me and people that I want to follow that maybe I used to follow on Twitter but have forgotten about or, you know, didn't realize that I hadn't followed them in the new era. So maybe there's still room for that. And I don't know, I just don't think anyone knows, like, will they be able to like push your algorithmic mm. threads through federation as well. So like I could mm. also see those somehow in Ivory. Like there's a lot of open-ended questions, but yeah. I think you're right. I think having them separate, at least for us, makes the most sense. Yeah, I think it does. I mean I think also that, you know, it's one of those things where it's just going to take a while to settle down and everybody to figure out how they're doing it. I mean, it'll solve your cross posting problem, Stephen. I mean, people won't feel the need, I don't think, to cross post as much, which is good because you can do it in one place and everybody can see it if they want. So that's good. So anyways, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a real adventure. And this is sooner than I thought it would be. I thought this would be, you know, well into next year. Uh, I still want to point out how wild it is, in my opinion, that our 
the social media landscape has changed enough in the past 12 months that we now like Zuck again. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I just, and we don't have Twitter anymore. I just, you know, I guess if we go back a year ago, maybe we could have predicted this, but if we go back two years ago, definitely not. Um, it's almost it's almost a year to the day, Federico, because yeah. I was looking back at our story about when we brought the whole Mac Stories team over to... Yeah, wh when was it? I, it was the 16th of December. So it was like a three days ago, from three days from now, a year ago. So Wow, that's wild. Okay. Let's talk about Apple versus Beeper Mini. <laughs> this story has been uh, one of those things like it works, it doesn't. I don't think we have to retrot at this point, like how Beeper Mini works, but basically it was an iMessage app for Android, but also like uh, he who shall not be named had a video on his YouTube channel where he was using it on a Linux laptop, which <laughs> yeah. was mind blowing. Uh, Apple turned off uh, some functionality in iMessage that I think also broke like versions of like OS 10 Mountain Lion, people who were using really old versions. Now basically you have to have an Apple ID, uh, but Beeper Mini does work as we're recording this. They have also made it free. I really think, I understand why they wanted to charge for it. Like they are a company, they need to pay their people. I totally respect that. But it really seemed like you're giving Apple a bunch of leverage by charging for this. And maybe they realize that. And so I believe it's free now. Um, Apple statement about this was, hey, this is about security. You know, this is not a uh, not a deal where we're trying to keep people on the iPhone. You know, this company is basically uh, infiltrated our infrastructure in a way that we that we find to be dangerous. Um, in hindsight, probably not surprising that Apple used security as the the hook for their uh, killing off Beeper Mini the first time. That's what they did. Yeah, they did. It's interesting to me. I mean, I think that there's a legitimate security concern here, but I also do feel like this is also a very commercial decision by Apple. I think those two things can both be simultaneously true, you know, and I think, I don't know, we're in interesting times right now when it comes to legal things and technology, because, you know, we had Google losing to Epic this week, which to me is just wild that Apple beat Epic in their court case, but a lot, you know, Epic beat Google in its court case where Android is the platform where you can sideload. It's like we're, we're in a period where the legal system really isn't set up to deal with technology companies particularly well. And, you know, what we have instead, but the reason that's happening is because we don't have, at least in the United States, we don't have legislatures who are uh, willing to actually regulate tech. Now, it's EU is doing a much better job at it, I think. But at least here in the United States, that's why we end up with a bunch of these crazy lawsuits. And I, I do feel like this Beeper Mini thing, if it were to go to a court case, that Beeper Mini would get their, their rear ends handed to them, probably. I mean, you know, you're, there are laws that allow you to reverse engineer things. That's true. Yeah. But there's also laws that say it's illegal to access servers without, you know, mm -hmm. authorization or doing it properly. So it would be interesting to see that fight go, but I wouldn't want to be on the side of Beeper Mini if I were taking bets. I mean, th there's something to this, and John, I'm sure you can speak to this being a, a recovering attorney, but yeah. there's something to like not wanting to pick a fight with Apple just because of their size, right? Say that you you firmly believe that you're in the right, and maybe in actuality you are, but 
Apple effectively has unlimited money and unlimited lawyers. And <laughs> you don't want to pick a fight with Apple, believe me. <laughs> you don't want to pick a fight with them, right? And I think right, right. I think Apple uses that. I don't think they use it outwardly, but like it's a thing, right? People consider that. And it's not just Apple, all these big tech companies. Yeah, you know, this is wrong. I would like to push back against this legally. But even if I were to win, I wouldn't survive it, right? It, or they could drag it out forever and bankrupt me. And and that, I think, is like an, an inherent unfairness built into the justice system that we have in this country. Uh, but you're also right that the justice system and honestly, you know, the federal government is not equipped to manage these things. I mean, look no further than uh, some of the legislation that's being talked about around AI, like in, in the EU and here in the US. Right. And it's just very clear that lawmakers don't have a, an understanding of what they're dealing with. I mean, we're talking about Zuckerberg. It's burned in my brain forever. Uh, at one point, I think during the... Um, in the sort of the aftermath of the um, presidential election in 2016, Zuckerberg was hauled in front of Congress. And one of the questions was like, how do you make your money? And he said to the senator, like, sir, we run ads. It's like, did the senator not know how <laughs> Meta made money? And if they didn't, mm -hmm. why didn't somebody on their staff prep them better? Like, it, it is so disheartening because these issues are really important. Like, iMessage on Android, ultimately probably not that important. But some of these other things that are being talked about or being decided, they need to have people's input who are thoughtful and have a deep understanding of what's going on. And I just don't see that. And that that is concerning to me. Yeah, some of that's a generational gap, I think, in in the way our government works, which is unfortunate. But hopefully that corrects itself down the down the line. But yeah, it, it, it's there are so many layers of this onion, really, as, as to what's going on here. And, you know, I do hear people say, oh, this is anti compet you know, this is anti-competition. I don't think that that's quite right, because I don't think iMessage is big enough anywhere to really be considered, you know, a monopoly or an antitrust violation of any kind. Now, is it fair that it should Apple do something for its customers that would make their experience better, too, by allowing Android users to communicate with them in an encrypted way? I think so. But that's kind of their decision. Obviously, Apple as a company has decided that they're better off with the lock-in that you get with iMessage being on the phone and being the iPhone and being exclusive. They're better off with that than they are interoperating with other platforms. And, you know, until the market, I think, demands more of Apple in terms of its messaging services, that's not likely to change, which I think is too bad. But that's something that if there were like the political will to decide that messaging services need to interoperate, that could be a solution. But I don't think the courts are probably going to be the route that actually ends up shaking this up in the end. Can I just say that even though I don't agree with all the decisions uh, uh, taken by regulators in the EU, I am loving the chaotic energy that all of this is bringing. <laughs> like, first it was USB-C, and now these antitrust trials for digital app stores. Now right. uh, there's the there's the the gatekeeping and and iMessage, and now there's just today. Um, 
news came out that Spotify is going to get an exemption to be able to redirect people on iOS to their own paying method instead of using in-app purchases. Like the the chaos that is happening in the EU, I am loving this. Hmm. Um, even though like there is a there is a conversation, of course, to be had about like just how much should the hand of the government you know interfere with the decisions of a corporation. Right. Right. Uh, I also got to say that, you know, I don't mind it personally. Like, yeah, we got USB-C. Maybe Apple would have done it regardless. Maybe not. And it was great that we now have USB-C everywhere, especially on the iPhone. Um, Spotify will be able to tell people, hey, you can sign up on our website and save money. Great. Um, maybe eventually I'll be able to have end-to-end encryption and t- and use iMessage to text somebody on WhatsApp. I don't know if that will ever be technically possible, but the EU seems to be asking for some kind of like mix of end-to-end encryption and activity fab for messaging clients like will there ever be possible i don't know but if they force tech companies to build it that's gonna be pretty sweet yeah maybe i don't know i i I do feel like the chaos is good because it does force these companies to think really hard about the decisions that they're making because Mm -hmm. really the last thing you really want is for the government or a judge to be running your company which is essentially what we're talking about and that you know once you once you go to court or once you have things in the hands of regulators you've lost the choice you've lost the control over your own destiny. And having that kind of chaos in the EU, I think, does help make companies like Apple think twice about what they're doing, just as I think the Epic trial did the same thing for Apple. I mean, they ended up winning that one, but but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like the, the uh, market ought to, in more cases than then you, mm-hmm. in most cases, I think the market ought to figure this out. Yeah. But uh, I do think that having the government and the court system there as kind of a backstop and to keep companies honest is is a useful thing. Yeah, and, and you know, until a few years ago, I used to be very opposed to this idea of like the European Union um, telling tech companies historically US-based tech companies, how they should operate. But I think over over time, I've, I've come to understand something. And that is, yes, they are private corporations. And and as a private corporation, you should be able to decide the kind of products that you want to sell and the kind of choices that you want to make in your business. But the thing is, smartphones, computers in general, but of course, smartphones have become a commodity like they have become something so essential to everyday life for all kinds of citizens in any country that it doesn't surprise me anymore that this market gets regulated just as much as for example the car market is if you want to make a car and sure, you are a private corporation, you're free to make your own decisions and the way you conduct your business. But if you want to make a car, you got to follow some rules. And there's standards that you need to respect. And you may be like, but I want to design my seatbelts in a way that they are thinner and fancier. No, you cannot do that. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, safety is one thing, I think, Federico. That's, I, I'm not sure that messaging like touches on the same kinds of public health and safety issues. No. That- no, but we as a human race, we now use these messaging clients to communicate. They have become an essential part of our social routines and lives, you know? And so it, it is an inconvenience that 
Hmm. It is an inconvenience that I got up th- that it's so fragmented, I think. And, and it's the reason why in the EU, for example, as much as possible, we try to have standards. I mean, we have literally the same money <laughs> in all these countries. You know? right. We have the same currency and we have the same plugs, for example, uh, for power outlets. And, we, you know, we are free to travel wherever we want. Um, so it, I know that it's very, it's a tough pill, pill to swallow for a lot of American listeners and readers but I kind of like it as a European. Hmm. So that's my two cents. We have some real-time follow-up. Yeah. M- Mike Hurley has sex- texted us a picture of himself wearing the tiny head shirt. Oh, my God. That, no, that's not. Has he? That's not how it's supposed he to He said, work. I just got a message that suggests to me that wearing this shirt today was a good coincidence. <laughs> huh. Is that BG is spying on Mike? Is BG actually Mike? Is BG Mike? Who knows? Bigel Girly, BG. <laughs> Bigel Girly. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> well done, Michael. <laughs> this episode of Connected is brought to you by Zocdoc. Confession time. Raise your hand if you've caught yourself listening to so-called health experts on social media. Maybe they say something about your morning drink or you find yourself wondering if uh, maybe what they're saying is related to your symptoms. Meanwhile, when is the last time you actually went to a, you know, real, actual, good doctor. If you have to think about it, it's time to head to ZocDoc. There are thousands of top-rated doctors there. They're all listed with verified patient reviews, so you can find and book a doctor who not only has years of experience and an actual medical degree, two things that I think are important, but also gets you and where you're coming from. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance or are located near you and treat almost any condition you're searching for. And these doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients, not robots. Robots don't need doctors, so you don't need to pay attention to their reviews. Actual real humans are what you're looking for. The average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 48 hours, and you can often get same-day appointments. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately with just a few taps, so no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. Uh, I love this service because finding a new doctor, maybe you've moved, maybe you have something new going on, maybe your doctor retired, maybe it's just time for a change. What do you do? You just like Googling around? You need something that's focused on this. So go to ZocDoc.com connected to download their app for free, then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com slash connected. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of the show and Relay FM. We had big software updates this week. iOS, iPadOS, tvOS 17.2, watchOS 10.2, macOS Sonoma 14.2. All this stuff is out after a lengthy beta cycle. Uh, Federico, tell us a little bit about what's new in iOS and iPadOS. Uh, there are some changes here and there, especially in, I would say, music, camera, and messages. Messages got the ability to attach stickers as, quote-unquote, reactions to messages. Yeah. Uh, that is not uh, the tap-back expansion that a lot of folks were 
anticipating uh which apple may be doing somewhere else again we're going to talk about this in in a bit uh you can attach a mess a sticker to a message but this implementation is kind of disappointing in the sense that uh these stickers they're not part of the tap back ui um when you double tap on a message you will still get the six default tap back reactions uh you got a long press a message to attach a sticker and really that's only uh, the new ability to attach stickers is just a shortcut to do something that you've been able to do for years now which is manually dragging a sticker on top of a message now you have a way to do so without dragging and dropping the sticker yourself um these stickers uh if a message bubble is small enough they start covering the text of the message um you cannot see who sent which sticker in a conversation. Uh, you know, tap backs may be useful in a group thread. You can see that, for example, uh, Mike sent a heart tap back and Stephen sent a question mark. And you can tell, you know, that Stephen maybe didn't understand the message. Uh, <laughs> sticker, attach stickers. <laughs> attach stickers don't have attribution, I guess. So it's impossible to tell who sent what. Um, so that's messages. Um, there's also the catch up arrow, I guess, in messages. If you open a, a thread and it's got a lot of unread messages, this is a feature that WhatsApp and Telegram, I think, yeah. have had for years. Uh, there's a, a, a small arrow that pops up in the top right corner of the UI. You can tap that and it'll take you to the first unread message. So you can, well, catch up on all those messages. Um, in music, uh, collaborative playlists have been pushed back to 17.3, which we're going to talk about shortly, uh, but you will still get a couple of new features in 17.2. Uh, there's a new default playlist for your favorite songs. Uh, Apple rebranded liked or I guess loved songs to favorite songs in 17.1. And in 17.2, they're doing something that Spotify has had for years, uh, which is a default playlist comprised of all your favorite favorite tracks now you can find that in the library of apple music and there's also and this is actually a pretty cool feature uh there's a new focus filter for apple music uh you can now choose when you want to disable your apple music listening history so this means that when you disable this with a focus filter uh what you listen to will not um sort of count against the Apple Music algorithm for recommendations and it will not show up in under recently played and it will not appear as a listening activity to other people on Apple Music. So this is especially handy for I would say for parents. Yes. You know when you when right. you play when you play a soundtrack from an animated movie for your kids and the kids wanted to listen to it over and over and then at the end of the year in your Apple Music replay stats you see that the Frozen song is at the top of the list, right? This has happened to millions of people, I would say. Now, if you take your time to set this up, there's a way to exclude that activity from sort of uh, uh, polluting your Apple Music history. I saw a bunch of people uh, complaining that this focus filter, which you can enable in settings, you open whatever focus you want to customize, and you add one of these new app filters for music. And it's called Set Use Listening History. Uh, but this focus filter does not appear 
in the driving focus, right? Which I would argue is likely the culprit for a lot of people. You know, you're driving your kids and kids want to listen to the Frozen soundtrack in the car. Um, But for whatever reason, the driving focus in settings does not have an app filters section. So I have two two (laughs) solutions though. I have two solutions. Either you create a manual focus mode and you use shortcuts to activate that focus mode when you get in your car. Um, and that will work, right? You're just creating a custom focus for when you're driving. You will lose, however, with this method, you will lose the default reply for iMessage when right. you're driving. Or you can, uh, the, the thing about uh, focus filters, you can configure them in settings, but these focus filters are also available as shortcuts actions. So what you can do is you can keep using the default driving focus that Apple makes, but you can create an automation in shortcuts that is triggered when the driving focus becomes active and you use the use listening history focus filter as a shortcuts action inside the shortcuts app. So you create an automation manually, you can keep using the driving focus that Apple makes, and you can still take advantage of this feature. Um, What else? Uh, Oh, you can capture spatial video in the camera app. This is a setting. Uh, You need to enable it in in settings camera formats. Uh, It's limited to landscape. 1080p video at 30 frames per second. Not a great, not a great uh, resolution, not a great frame rate, but these videos, they take up a ton of storage. One minute, one minute of spatial video is 130 megabytes. So uh, imagine, <laughs> doing this at 4K, <laughs> imagine doing this at 4K 60. <laughs> that, that would be like yeah, one be minute is a, is a full gig. Uh, but hey, it's better than you, you can capture these videos now for Christmas. Maybe you're getting together with the kids, with the family, with your parents, with your grandparents. You can capture these spatial videos now and you won't have to wear a Vision Pro and look like a weirdo doing so. You can just do it with your phone and you will be able to enjoy these videos later on, maybe in February, maybe in March uh, on a Vision Pro. Very nice. Very nice. I have a question for both of you guys about music, which is related to the playlist, the new favorites playlist. We've been waiting for years and years for smart playlists on iOS and iPadOS. We still don't have it. And I've had a favorites playlist for years that I created on my Mac and it just syncs over to my, you know, my iOS devices. I wonder which way this cuts. Does this, does this mean we're unlikely to ever see smart playlists on ios or am i reading too much into it what do you guys think i i i don't know what to think of music as the thing is it seems that all the music power user features that i will i would want to get from from music they never happen they just never happen and instead and i'm gonna say something that well if it upsets some people you know uh, whatever I think we'll reach the point where both in terms of operating systems and in terms of streaming services, two things are two. Uh, Apple and Google, they copy each other with Android. Apple and Spotify, they copy each other with music streaming. Like we reached a point where new features are not really new anymore, by and large. And it seems to me like Apple is only focu- very much focused on, on catching up with Spotify in terms of what Spotify has been doing for a few years. 
such as collaborative playlists or favorite songs, and Spotify is interested in, in doing what Apple Music does best, which is lyrics. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, John, I, I, think, I don't think we'll get those power user features that we want, like smart playlists or shortcuts integration. For well, that that's what I was going to say. By extension, shortcuts integration, nope. because we're still dealing with the iTunes search API, which hasn't changed in years and years and years. <laughs> and, th- and that will be gone at some point. So You would uh, think so, yeah. And it, it's frustrating because you can do smart folders in Apple Notes, and you can do smart lists and reminders right? on iOS and iPadOS. But you, in addition to music, you can't do mail smart boxes. It's like it's like this weird mashup. And I do wonder. I mean, as someone who uses the music app on the Mac all day, every day, it's iTunes, right? Like it's it just is. Um, and yep, I do yep. wonder if some of these features are easier for Apple to implement in something like Notes and Reminders that may be more modern under the hood, and that music for these features to come would need a, a much bigger set of work i just i just don't know it is frustrating though and it's also surprising like it has why is it taking this long to get a favorites playlist (laughs) (laughs) exactly i mean it's really it's it's yeah i don't know and you're right about the mac i mean it really is just a skin on itunes really if you use it enough you can see the bones there um i I have so many thoughts about apple music and spotify that don't fit this episode (laughs) but uh the too long didn't read version is I wish that somebody made a hybrid of Apple Music and Spotify and it doesn't exist and it will likely never exist. And yeah, it's, it just makes me sad that Apple Music is so much better as an app than Spotify. And that says a lot, I think, because music <laughs> yeah. is not a great app, but it's still so much better than Spotify. And Spotify Discovery is so much better than Apple Music. It's kind of ridiculous. And what I want is something in the middle, and something in the middle doesn't exist. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so that's, that's, the, that's the summary of... Uh, oh, I should also mention Stephen, 17.2. There's a, an, an quote-unquote intelligent autofill feature for pdfs and other documents that have forms in them um so when the system detects that there's a empty fields in a document it'll offer to autofill those for you and that's great so far uh you know it detects an empty field for your first name for your last name for your address your city your zip code okay and everything worked pretty well in, in, in my tests except when i got to a form that wanted to know my height and for whatever reason, um, iOS and iPadOS auto-filled 150 centimeters. That is, for example, to give you some context, I don't know how, but iOS and iPadOS thought that I was shorter than Sylvia. Yeah, that's less than five feet tall, if I've done my conversion right. And I am 183 centimeters tall. Uh, I, do, I have no idea where iOS took that number from it's no word i even have my height set in my health personal record that's thing. what i was getting ready to ask what does it say in health it's it's correct uh it's it's all set correctly so uh your mileage may vary with this feature um but we also oh and for the other os's i want to mention in watch os the ability to swipe between watch faces is back 
And in tvOS, there's the redesigned TV app that now has a sidebar and integrates the ability to buy and rent TV shows and movies from the iTunes store because the iTunes store apps are gone. So now you can, I'm, I'm happy to see that you can still buy TV shows because I'm, I'm one of those people who still does it and I still buy entire seasons of TV shows. Uh, but now you can do so inside the TV app. So one destination for all content. That was a, uh, that was, I think I've mentioned this, that was a pick in a, a Ricky's a long time ago that mm, Apple yes. would be getting rid of the, the separate iTunes stores. I'm trying to find it. Federico, you said this annual Ricky's 2022 Apple stops using the iTunes store app and moves store content into dedicated apps. Always a year early. That is my curse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, iOS 17.2 uh, journal is out. I didn't write about it. Uh, Nilean wrote about it. Nilean has been journaling for uh, over eight years using day one. And today we published a full on, uh, a full review of journal from the perspective of someone who's been journaling for several years at this point. And I think there's a lot of interesting things that Apple is doing with journal. Uh, I'm not particularly a fan of the app itself and, and the UI and the fact that it's iPhone only, but I think the suggestions API is very interesting. So what Apple is doing here, they have built an engine, which is this the Journal Suggestions API that uses on-device intelligence to detect different types of events in your life. When you visited a location, when you got in touch with a contact, um, when you listened to some music, when you took some pictures, you went to a specific restaurant, it, it can parse out all of these events from data on your phone. And it's not locked to the journal app. Third-party journaling apps can get access to these suggestions using the equivalent of a system-wide photo picker. So you know when you're choosing a photo in Ivory or in Threads or in Discord, you're opening the system-wide photo picker. Apple has built the equivalent of a system-wide photo picker, but for these suggestions. And what's even greater, I think, is that these suggestions, they run in an out-of-process system, which, again, mirrors how the photo picker works. What I mean by this is that when you open the photo picker in, say, Discord, Discord is not able to see all your photos or to see all your videos. It just sees the items that you select. And the same is true for the suggestions API for journal. When you open day one or Everlog is another third-party journaling app that is integrated with the journal suggestions, and you open the journal picker, um, those apps, they do not see all of your events until you select a suggestion. Now, that's very cool. Um, but what I, what I think is odd, and get ready because I have a big brain theory incoming in a second, is that the other way around is not true. Um, Third-party apps cannot provide suggestions to journal, which is why if you use Spotify, for example, you will not see your Spotify activity in the journal suggestions. Um, developers cannot contribute their events to the journal suggestions API. Uh, it just 
uh, you know, you will find Apple Music content, podcasts from the podcast app, uh, photos from the camera, but it's just mostly default apps content. And I have a theory to share. Maybe this will be uh, Ricky for the annual ones. We'll see. So, assuming that Apple in iOS 18, assuming that they release the ability for apps to say, hey, an event happened in here. I want to donate this event as a suggestion to journal. So, for example, let's say that in a, in a third-party home automation app, something happened and I want to log it. Or maybe in Spotify, I listen to this podcast. Or maybe in Overcast, I finish listening to an episode. Right? An event happened. Now, that could be an API, right? Could be an API, you know, third-party developers can now contribute events and suggestions to journal. But if I were Apple and knowing Apple, you know what this kind of technology would also be useful for? Third-party automation triggers in shortcuts. Because if you think about it, it's the same idea. It's an event that happened in a third-party app. So maybe I want to journal about the fact that I finished listening to an episode of Cortex in Overcast. Or maybe I want to put together an automation when I finish listening to an episode of Cortex in Overcast. Like if you think about it, it's the same sort of feature, but presented in two different ways. So if Apple ever does, this was my big brain theory, not big bang, big brain. (laughs) If Apple ever does third-party app events, I think they will power both journal and shortcuts. I love this theory. I mean, I, I really feel like we've been moving this direction for a long time with app intents and all the other things that are going on. And, and you're right, this structure that's out there with the photos picker and now the, you know, these suggestions, they're, they're built on the same kind of structure. And you could see it just going one step further to do what you're talking about. And lastly, uh, we also have a beta of 17.3. Already, um, <laughs> it never stops. Fe- it never stops. It never stops. Uh, so the the first cool feature uh, is the stolen device protection. Um, this uh, uh, basically it's a new security feature that is in direct response to an excellent series of articles uh, that Joanna Stern and Nicole Wynn did for the Wall Street Journal earlier this year uh, about how the iPhone passcode could be used by thieves to, uh, you know, after stealing your phone, to basically take control of your digital life, uh, digital life by because the passcode was controlling everything. Uh, basically every single aspect of your Apple ID and iCloud account. And now with the stolen device protection feature, which is presented as a beta um, feature, uh, uh, you will basically need to have an additional step of biometric authentication. In addition to the passcode, uh, you will need to use Touch ID or Face ID to access your passwords, um, to apply for a new Apple card, to erase all, to basically reset a phone or turning off loss mode and all of that. And there's also a variant of this, which is biometrics plus 
an hour of waiting time to change your Apple ID password, um, add a new face ID or touch ID, and, and a bunch of additional settings. And I think this is, the, uh, is a very cool thing to see from Apple. Um, when this, um, when, when these stories came, uh, came out on the Wall Street Journal, I think a lot of people in the Apple community sort of rolled their eyes at this problem, be like, oh, sure, I mean, well, why would you, you know, get, if, you, if, if somebody steals your passcode, it's your fault. But the thing is, people don't realize, a lot of nerds don't realize how easy it is to get sort of social, uh, s- socially uh, scammed in, in, in everyday situations. Right. Like you're at a bar and like there's a couple of people that want to steal your phone and it's very easy very easy to to you know have someone behind you take a look at your phone and you know these things happen go read that article there's dozens of cases in which this has happened and for apple to be humble about it and recognize that this is a problem and implement what seems like a very well thought out feature i think it's really cool yeah uh, i think the way they've broken down what is required or what requires biometrics and then what requires biometrics plus an hour wait. I think that all makes uh, a lot of sense. And hopefully the fact that this is uh, coming, you know, makes it out there and people are less likely to want to even steal an iPhone in the first place because they know that it's even less useful than it, than it may already be. It was shocking to me that that story when when it broke earlier this year as was the response which i think you you outlined really well that some people kind of rolled their eyes at it but the fact that the passcode had so much power was a a little bit surprising to me because i hadn't really thought about it and i've used touch id and or face id as long as it's been available um I think definitely this holiday season, as you're visiting family, like make sure they're using Touch ID or Face ID, whatever their phone has, because it's really going to to up their security in a real way. And lastly, uh, Apple is doing <laughs> emoji tapbacks, okay, but not in messages. They're doing it <laughs> in collaborative playlists. Which is Apple back Music. in point three, right? That was in the beta, then taken out. Now back it's back. Back in point yep. three. Yes back and now it comes with the tap emoji tap back emoji reaction menu that we all wanted to have from apple but in music instead of messages so so close well maybe maybe this means that we gotta come up with our new communication system based on collaborative playlists (laughs) instead of uh, iMessage you know (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we can. We should all put together a collaborative thread as a playlist, and we say the things we want to say by searching for a song that has that title, and then we react to it using emoji. You Sounds know? like a plan. It's a good plan. Sounds like a good, good plan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. If you have a business, you might be able to relate to the fact that as your business gets to a certain size, cracks start to emerge. Things you used to do in a day are suddenly taking a week. You have too many manual processes and you don't have one source of truth. It's never a good feeling when everything in your business is disjointed. You want clarity. You want one place where all the important stuff happens. The solution to untangling this disjointed feeling is NetSuite. 
NetSuite is a software company that has developed a cloud-based management platform to help you and your team deal with key business processes like enterprise resource planning, financials, CRM, e-commerce, inventory, and more. I know that if I have too many manual processes, getting work done feels hard and I can't be as productive and successful as I'd like to be in my business. If you want to make sure cracks don't emerge in your business, you should know three numbers, 36,000, 25, and 1. There are 36,000 businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. And 25 because NetSuite turns 25 years old this year, just like John. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you can get a customized solution for all your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Because having all the information you need in one place makes it so much easier to make decisions. I know as a business owner what a difference that can make and how much easier everything is when information is available. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com connected. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E, netsuite.com connected for your own KPI checklist to make sure your business continues to thrive. Thanks to NetSuite for their support of the show and Relay FM. Real quick, before I let y'all go, uh, I want to hear about Mac Stories Select. So y'all have done this. What year is this, Federico, for Mac Stories Selects? Uh, sixth year, is that right, John? That's correct, yes. Okay, so the sixth annual annual Mac Story Selects. This is where you guys uh, go through a bunch of the apps that you've covered that have come out, and you pick some winners in different categories. Uh, John, tell me about some of the winners this year. Yeah, so we had uh, nine categories this year. We started a couple of years ago doing a Lifetime Achievement Award, which really is meant to recognize an app that's been around for a long time and really made a difference kind of in the world of apps. And this year we chose Pixelmator from the Pixelmator team because that's where Pixelmator got its start before Pixelmator Pro and before Photomator, there was just plain old Pixelmator and it's still out there on iOS and iPadOS. And it really did kind of herald in a new, a new era of image editors that were very different than what existed at the time from companies like Adobe, which were still at that time very much a Mac phenomenon. So it really brought that sort of image editing right onto um right on to the iPad and the iPhone. So that was our Lifetime Achievement Award. We had a best new app, and maybe I'm going to let Federico talk about the best new app because this is one that he wrote a really good story about. It's, It's Orion by Lux. Yeah, I uh, it, Orion is is one of the many apps that this year lets you uh, uh, use your iPad as an external monitor for uh, any uh, connected device that supports uh, USB video, and uh, more specifically, I think Orion is very popular among people who want to use an iPad as a display for a console like a Steam Deck or a Nintendo Switch, and there's there's 
a handful of apps that do this this year. Um, and you can connect other types of devices like webcams or like I did, a Game Boy camera, uh, a DSLR. Uh, but in the case of Orion, I think it really shines for video games mm-hmm. uh, because it comes with, I mean, besides the excellent design, really cool attention to detail by the folks at Lux, but it comes with this native upscaling mode at 4k in real time with no latency that is made possible by on-device machine learning and uh you can tell especially if you're playing with the nintendo switch sort of outputting the image to an ipad pro you can tell that the image quality is so much better than the default uh, i mean when you're playing zelda for example um it's not even 1080p when the switch is docked it's somewhere like 900p or something it's ever so slightly better than 720p and to be able to see that image at 4K on a, especially on the on on the 13 inch iPad Pro with Mini LED, that is super sweet. So um, uh, I think I I I wanted to pick that app in particular because that category is really something brand new this year that we were not expecting in June, and uh, yeah, that was very cool to see. Yeah, and we also named a bunch of other awards. We had the best app update, which was SQL 2.0. This is a media tracking app from Roman Lefebvre, who has really done a fantastic job with SQL this year. I mean, SQL 2.0 came out in the spring and has been updated since then. And uh, it's just... It's both designed incredibly well and has a fantastic feature set now that really took it kind of head and shoulders above where it was with the uh, 1.0. Other awards were the best new feature. And this is one that I know Federico and I have been enjoying a lot this year, which is Mm. Cultured Code's Things Shortcut Support. Because Cultured Code is really doing some interesting things with shortcuts here that really nobody else has done. And the one in particular is the ability to run a shortcut based on whatever task is selected in the app, whether you're on the iPhone, the iPad, or the Mac. It's really, it really opens up some interesting, interesting ways to do things. They also have effectively every single feature of things baked into shortcuts in a way that lets you do things like create template projects that fire off, you know, on a schedule based on personal automations and that sort of thing. Uh, the watch app of 2023, we picked broadcasts by Steve Trotton Smith. Yeah. And this, yeah, this friend app, of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I assume that, you know, some of the people who are listening to the, the show right now are probably listening that way. That's usually how I listen to connected on Wednesdays is I go out for a walk and exercise and just take my, my Apple watch with me and listen to the, the show on broadcast because it's a rock solid watch app that has a great design, which we we've been really happy with. Um, what else, Federico? We had uh, the best Mac app, which is MimeStream. Which mm-hmm. good you know, choice. It, it feel it feels like MimeStream has been around forever, but that's because it was in beta for a very long time, and it did actually go to a full 1.0 in the spring or early summer. And this has just been my favorite Mac app of 2023 by a long shot. It's uh, it's such a good app because it's fully native, yet it takes advantage of all the special features you get with Gmail. So that's the best Mac app of 2023. 
And then we had Best Design, which is Mercury Weather, which is a fantastic yeah. weather app that's been around from Triple Glaze Studios for a couple of years now. But it really has done a great job this year refining that design and bringing all sorts of great interactions with the widgets and the new trip forecasts, which is a feature that I particularly love for when I'm traveling. Um, and then we had a Reader's Choice Award, which was voted on by Club Max Stories members, and that was Ivory. And I think that that's no surprise. I mean, Ivory yeah. <laughs> is a fantastic app that we've been using all year long. It really felt like the last piece that made Mastodon feel more complete for me personally. And I feel, feel like a lot of readers felt the same way on that one. Uh, Federico, why don't you take the final app of the year award? And the app of the year was Widget Smith by underscore David Smith. And I mean, uh, we, we, we probably could have given out this award years ago with iOS 14, but the time was right, I think, in iOS 17. Yeah. Uh, David has shown once again how he was able to reinvent Widget Smith with interactivity on the home screen on, and the lock screen with standby. And just all the features that you now have in Widget Smith are incredible. From music playback to viewing photos to combining multiple widgets in the same interactive UI, it's wild. Uh, the things you can do with Widgetsmith. And I mean, we're talking about an app with over 100 million apps or downloads. And so uh, it's got it's to gotta be good, right? Uh, if, and, and, we know, and we know that it's good. And um, yeah, I was really impressed by the interactive additions to Widgetsmith yes. this year. And it's, it's, it's become one of those tools that, you know, when I, when I have an empty spot on my home screen and I'm like, I don't know what I want to do here. I'm just going to open Widgetsmith and, and play around with things and see if I can come up with, the, with, with some ideas. It's this kind of playground for bringing functionality to your home screen. Yeah. Uh, we love it. And, and, and it's the app of the year. All, all great choices. Uh, congratulations to all the winners. I still want one of these trophies. You know, if you have a spare one laying around, yeah, you should, you should, send it uh, my way. I actually have one sitting in my office still because one of them can't be delivered quite yet, but I'm not going to give it away. I'll give it to the people who asked me to hold on That's to right. it. I just want to be, I just want to be awarded, you know, I'm a millennial. I, make, make, make an app or something. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll get right on it. <laughs> make a, make a visual, make a, uh, I'm going to, okay. Listen to me. I'm going to give you an idea to make easy money. Okay. Easy money. <laughs> Steven, hear me Bitcoin. out. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Vision Pro is coming out, okay? You make a Vision OS app that lets people explore your office and your museum oh. while wearing the Vision Pro. Mm. There you go. There you go. It's good. It's, you just described a 3D YouTube video, but... Podcab and AR, <laughs> I think we'll call it. Pod, 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 pod vision, cabin, vision cap. We got to brainstorm the name, but yes. Yes, Vision Cabin HD. <laughs> Zach says one, two, three pot cabin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there we, there we go. You now you can be in the pot cabin using pod cabin vision or something. Yeah, I like Vision Cabin. It sounds like you go like on the side of the mountain and you come back and you've you know yeah. changed your life. Yeah, vi vis Vision Cabin sounds like the nerd version of a sweat lodge. Um, to me, yeah. Well, you, you come you come back with an AI pin if you do that. I think, Stephen. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you open the door. And it's a completely empty cabin with a lamp on the floor, Steve Jobs style, and then a pedestal with a humane pin. 
That's, that's <laughs> the only thing in here. <laughs> if you want to find links to stuff we spoke about this week, including all the updates to Apple software, uh, all the cool stuff going over on Mac Stories, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 480. A reminder, you have until Friday to get 20% off an annual membership to any Relay FM show at giverelay.com. Uh, I'd like to thank John for joining us. John, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me on Mastodon, where you can just go to johnvorhees.maxstories.net to find me there. And I'm at John Voorhees, both on threads and Instagram. Awesome. You can find uh, Federico. He's John's boss, I guess, or uh, something. Not really. Partners in crime. Partners. In which crime. one of you is Batman and which one is Robin? I'm Robin. Mm. <laughs> interesting interesting yeah okay well you can you can find federico at maxstories.net and uh, of course he is also on mastodon and threads in 15 hours it's gonna be great yes you can find my writing over at 512pixels.net and i go host mac power users each and every sunday here on relay fm uh, like our sponsors this week they are Squarespace, ZocDoc, and NetSuite. And until next time, say goodbye. Arrivederci. See you later. Bye, y'all.